The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, where we talk all things fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I'm your host, Kagi, back after another week off, uh, leaving you in the semi-capable hands of uh, a one Nelson and Harry Dale. Um, and look, I was off busy personally hunting down my uh, fantasy side and whipping them into gear. Um, obviously, it worked. Got the top score this week. So I'm back, boys. The Rocks or Diamonds are back. Um, but you know, finally, my boys delivered. Uh, and look, speaking of delivering, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Harry and Nelson, uh, and look, frankly, before I say hello, boys, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Nelson certainly has been delivering this fantasy season, this 2021. We, uh, Harry and I called him the prince that was promised, the Jordan Uwalisi at the start of the year. And unlike Jordan, he has actually delivered. So, Nelson, mate, um, how have you done this in 2021? 8-0. How's it, how's it happening? Mate, it's a, it's a simple equation for me. Prior to uh, getting captaincy or getting married, I was making the finals, I think it was four, the first four years or the first five years of the grand final. And then I got married and became captain of my rugby club. And I was too dedicated to useless parts of my life. And I have, I have focused purely, purely on draft rugby, where it all matters this year. So is what you're saying um, that Harry has um, not been uh, a <clears throat> very faithful mm-hmm. and uh, husband in the last few years? And this year, perhaps he's, um, he's stepping up and that's why he's not succeeding as much on the fantasy field, but just he's, he's uh, really stepping up in his relationship. It, is that what you're saying, Nelson? It's not that he wasn't faithful in previous years. I think he was the right amount of faithful in previous years. He's still, his first love was draft rugby, but this year he's distracted by actually doing more work. He never seemed to do work in previous years. So he's actually busy this year. So I don't know what your excuse is because you don't seem to be doing anything and your team still sucks. I don't have excuse, man. It's rocks or diamonds. It's how it works. It's, it's come up uh, it's come up Millhouse finally. But uh, Harry, you've done very well to stay silent this far in. Um, mate, how are we doing? You've dropped as low as fourth on the OG League table currently. Wow. Um, uh, what's happening with you? Uh, look, it's a heartache, mate. If you're in the bottom of the top four, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever been lower than that. So this is a real all-time low for me. Um I'll be honest, I have not had a chance to scratch my bum. So this is about the only free time I get all week. And that's happened for a few weeks in a row. So actually drafting live at trade night helps a lot, I think. Um, (laughs) But that's about it. Yep. I'm hoping things get better if I somehow get some free time. But look, if I can scrape through fourth, that means I get to beat Nelson in the semifinal. Wouldn't that just be sweet? That's true. We'll all have counted for nothing. So, um, no, very good. Well, look, I think oh, you're lucky yeah. earlier in the year to um, to have bagged a win against uh, Nabung, uh, younger Nabung, see Nabung, the last year's champion, because um, he got you this week. Uh, and certainly a player that we'll talk about, particularly hurtful uh, with a score for you against you this week. But, um, yeah, he, uh, it would have been 6-0 otherwise, I believe. So, um no, good on you. I think yeah. we wanted but to get him on the pod last week to, to talk about the battle. But, but it's I, not. The streak is way over, mate. Like, come on. Let's go on. The Waratahs would have been a, a, a one win in a row this week if they didn't lose on the weekend. Who cares? Yeah. Move on. <laughs> True. It's all about the stats. Well, anyway, no, I was just going to say quickly, thankful to the lesser Nabung new bum uh, for joining us once again, the super sub, um, and filling in for me. So let's 
get into the pod for tonight. Uh, draft rugby round eight, the main talking points. Uh, Chiefs beating the Crusaders. I mean, is there a bigger talking point than that? One point, huge. What, what did you guys think? Mate, look, it, it, it was pretty awesome to, to see. We, we talked about the Chiefs very early in the season saying they were underrated. Um, you know, they had a couple of results not go their way to begin the season. And, and now they are four in a row, four on the trot. And the Crusaders, they, they haven't looked like the typical Crusaders. Harry's about to pull some magic off here. So quick, so smooth. What's that? What's that jersey, Harry? <clears throat> So, I did tip it, mate. I never, never lost faith in the in the Chiefs boys. Never lost faith. So uh, I'm very happy with the result. What's on the back of that, Busy? What's the back of it? Yeah, I do the know the answer. <laughs> <to that. laughs> yes, uh, the great man, the great man, one of the best fantasy players ever. Uh, it's back there it the is, Denny Tamiafuna. <laughs> I was just going to say that jersey might be a little dated, and it also might be Mike, but that's all right. Um, so, <laughs> bit Harry snuggling. Um, was it? Is it four in a row for the Chiefs? It is four in a row. They've, they've beaten them each in a row. Huge. Um, how much of that do we attribute to Damian McKenzie? Do we just one hundred percent? Well, mate, I'm, I'm going to touch. I'm going to touch on him later in that match, and I'd like to touch on him in person as well. He's doing pretty well. <laughs> Very good. Other main talking points: uh, the Tars uh, talk about blowing it. Um, I think Nelson yeah. tipped the Tars, didn't you, Nelson? Didn't you have them as winners? I think so. I think I did. And look, I, I mean, if it wasn't... Didn't I laugh in your face and say they suck? Well, I think they did enough to win that. So but, they, I, but they lost. No, Horton lost. They, uh, look, they struggle at throwing in a line out. Um, <clears throat> and that some would say that's why they lost the game. I'm, uh, I'm confused. The locks from the Tars have been good for a while now. And yet they mm. didn't even jump against the Western Force. Like, Katu can't throw straight. Why wouldn't you jump? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm again... I'm going to rip into Kaitu in a little bit. But <laughs> he, this, he's been way. talked about a lot in recent in the recent week. But, yeah, we'll get to him. Very good. Yeah, and the Brumbies, uh, look, uh, they were gifted that six-point wing. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Brumbies gifted the six-point win against the Rebels after uh, the Falcon try assist. Tamua kicking the ball into Josh Kemeny, uh, massive Falcon. And uh, thank you very much, Brumbies, in for the try assist. That was... That was pretty funny. So it was kind of a game of you know, comedy of errors, really. The, but again, a round of a lot of really tight fixtures. It is actually, I have to admit, uh, apart from the Tars really sucking, um, it's really great to see such close uh, and intense rugby. Like the results the last few weeks have been insane. I can't remember it being this close for a long time. It, it's not, honestly, I think having the domestic leagues really, really important. I think in our dessert, we're going to try and touch on what we want from 2022. But I mean, a spoiler, I want to have some of this going forward. <laughs> very so good and uh rounding it out the other fixtures the highlanders beating the blues um so yeah, what happened when, there? i i guess the uh the caption from this one is when can we put para franchise back at 10 like how long is it going to take for everyone <clears> to start listening to us that a terra black is not that good at fly half man i thought you liked para franchise back at 15 i've said it all along para franchise at 10 zan sullivan bring him straight into fullback let's do it come on I don't care who goes to 15, man. I like, I just like Para Franchise. I think that's where you're getting misled. I love him. <laughs> He's the best. That's why my team was named after him. Put him at 10 or 15. He's like Joshuane, but without getting on benders every single Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, to our knowledge. To our knowledge. We shouldn't assume. 
yeah, that's exactly right. That's uh, alleged. Alleged. Uh, yes. Anyway. Um, very good. All right. Well, look, that's uh, those are the sort of bigger talking points. But um, let's go through our individual talking points of this round. Harry, what, what, what did you have from uh, this round? I mean, we, we touched on it already. First of all, Tom Horton's throw. Like, I was watching that game thing. The Tars were going to win. Donaldson, really exceptional performance from him. Um, and then we got to a point where we had the opportunity to get out of our half, take the touch, take the kick to the touch from a long arm penalty, which is the right decision. And then Tom Horton just throws it over the entire line out. So you can't blame <clears> anyone <throat> else for that. That is an atrocious throw. And then crap footy from the Tars. They tried to hold them out. Fair enough. You know, they, they, it's not like they just gifted them the points, but let's be honest, the Western Force aren't actually throwing too much at you in attack. <laughs> and then in the end, you know, we, we can see and lose the game again. We have no idea how to win. I guess it shouldn't frustrate me so much or it wouldn't have frustrated me so much if we lost this game by a few points because I don't expect that much from the Tars. But it is frustrating to see us improve Almost. so much and then still blow it two weeks in a row. <laughs> Yeah, where's the ICAC investigation or whatever? Does Tom, did Tom, how much money did Tom Horton have on the force to win that game? Oh, you know what seriously. I mean? Like, clearly, just the end of the game, just whoop, see you later, son. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. He, he did his best, um, Filetti Kaitu impression. That's what I think he was doing. <laughs> Tell us about Kaitu. Come on, mate. Oh, look, I, I was going to go into him when we, we talk about his points, but look, Kaitu, there's been so much smoke blown up his bum in, in the last week. I, I honestly, I've never minded him as a player. I think he has some real strengths. I think he has some real weaknesses, and I don't think his weaknesses have improved whatsoever. Yes, they got 13 out of 13 lineouts this week. That's just because the Tars did not compete. Every single time I looked and actually paid attention to the lineout, the lineout was not even remotely close to being straight. It was thrown directly to the line-out jumper again and again and again. If the Tars just put someone up, they would have been penalised for not straight repetitively. So uh, I, I also, that try, I, I brought it up in our group chat. The only other place I think was um, one of the other podcasts. Yeah, they, they um, um, which was it? The Rucker Mall or something? Yeah, yeah. Pick and um, drive. Pick and drive. drive. Pick and drive brought it up as well. And they're the only other people I heard talk about it. You cannot pull a ball from someone else. You cannot maul a ball and actually tear it away from someone else if you are in front. It is technically a forward pass. It can't happen in the maul. It can't happen anywhere else. It is illegal. It was blatantly illegal, but no one has discussed it or mentioned or brought it up anywhere else. I, I, I mean, seriously you, don't get did it. Did you look at the laws after we talked about this? Because you had a lot of prep time to get onto this. <laughs> it's a forward pass. <laughs> that's a that's a no. I didn't look at the laws, but I'm telling you no, no. that's what it is. No, it's a forward pass. It cannot happen in a mall. It cannot happen outside a mall. Have we you seen can, this? Is, you, this has always been a contentious for one for me at rucks. You know how you see players like Nazarani or that's, that's a penalty again in front of a ruck, yeah. and they have the ball right behind them, yeah. and then they pick it up and dart forward. Yeah, because you, you're offside when you're getting the ball. The ball is being transferred to an offside position. Yeah, you, you cannot do it. So, so let, let's wrap that point up, though, Nelson. That was his one great run that I think everyone's now going, oh, well, he's had such a blind every game because it was a really good run, albeit off the back of an illegal setup. And then the other thing was his line-out throwing was really, really good. He, he actually won 100% of his line-outs after being, yeah, the I was saying that. after being the world's worst line-out thrower for the rest of the competition. So I've, I've, <laughs> I've torn it apart. Yeah, like none, none of that stuff's good. I mean, I think he won, was it 7 of 12 line-outs the week before? Let's not act like he's fixed his line-out issues. Yeah. 
anyway, there, there's to us there's still big holes in that game. Yeah. The um the other one I also about Kai too is on rugby heaven this week, mate. I've never seen a more boring interview. Uh, it was literally a bring a pillow with you to the watch the show type of job. They were trying so hard to just, they're like, give us anything. And it's like he's never been interviewed before, genuinely. I don't think he uh, has. The time delay made it really hard, though, when yeah, they were trying agree. to can actually talk to Katu. You've got to remember he's in Western Australia, so they're like that's a different years behind us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even, even still, though, like because they were like, all right, let's just like wait. I'm sure he'll say something. And he was just like, hi. Hi guys. Well, look, anyway, I, I feel like I've been harsh on him. I wish him the best. Yeah, I, I, I have been, rightly so. I, I wish him the best. I don't. Get out of the Wallaby squad, mate. Mate, I, I, bloody so oh, many mate we can hookers. go into that again. That's clearly they got rid of the last three hookers last year. It's a statement piece. That's all it is. Let's not get too excited by it. All but right, look, right. I'd love him to be a starting Wallabies hooker because we need one. Yeah. So if he can fix his line out throwing, it could be him, but he hasn't fixed it. Uh, look, the other one I had from this game was sure mm. Isaiah Parisi has now lodged his application to be the next <laughs> chiropractor because Brian Lima, man, I'll never forget that tackle oh. he put on Hugard where he flew out and then, yeah, he gets up looking like an absolute Neither animal. Neither will Hogard. Still has nightmares. That, oh, 100%. But, man, Isaiah Parisi was just chopping people left, right and centre. I just love how physical he is. How man, good. I was more impressed with his, his, his running of the ball. I think Nelson was talking about, like, oh. yeah, he... Yeah, he can hit people, but he's running with the ball. He does, you know, there's those few people we talk about who just seem to go play upper weight class. You know, he, yeah. he's running like he's Namani Nadolo, uh, you know, but in, in, a, in a bloody halfback size package. You're like, what's going on here? He, yeah, look, I mean, he, he genuinely really excites me. And by all reports, he's saying he's found his love for rugby again. After losing it when he was at the Reds, he, he started to not enjoy rugby. He went to overseas for a little bit, then he went to league for a little bit or vice versa. And he said he's now appreciating rugby as a game of chess and he started to love it again. So hopefully he sticks to it because he's hey, an for mine, What I love about him the most is that he, he looks so angry. We need more of that in the game. Like when he gets the ball or whatever, he looks like he's imagining you just killed his parents or something. Do you know what I mean? Like we need more of that. Credit to him for for still having a crack in D after being given that early red card as well. That takes some balls. Yeah. Or lack of brands. Can can we move on to what I think was probably the biggest talking point of the week? And that's Scott Barrett and the Crusaders coaching team knowing how to be terrible, (laughs) terrible sports and having it down to a fine, fine art. So, like, to give you some context on this one, if you're not already following, Chiefs, last play, Natua Akoi straight on the ball. Pilfers gets a penalty to try and for trying to pull for the ball. Crusaders pinged for holding on. Long arm penalty, so they obviously just going to tap it, kick it out, end of the game. Chiefs win. Scott Barrett, last play, can challenge anything he wants on captain's oh. challenge. Pulls the ref over, referee over and goes, mate, I'm pretty sure he's put his hands down past the ball. I don't think it was a clean steal. I need you to check it as part of my captain's challenge. So obviously, they if they go and have a look at that, if Akoi is not supporting his weight, if it's not the perfect textbook, uh, steal, then the penalty goes the other way and Crusaders have the kick to win the game. Can I? Can here's, I here's the problem. Mm. Here's the problem before you jump in. Not a single ruck is being refereed correctly mm. ever through this competition all year. So yeah. how can we possibly then pull this one up, which 
actual in actual fact, Akoi did absolutely perfectly, which I yeah. loved. It was the perfect steal. But let's say he did put his hands down and then get cleaned out. There's penalties time and time and time and time again from the attacking the defensive mm. team doing exactly that. So you yeah. can't then have a captain's challenge and so, then referee it a different way. Look, realistically, uh, as someone who is a competitive person, just as yourself, and has spent some time, uh, really especially in the back row, but also as a captain, I do not blame him for doing that, although it is oh, frustrating so to smart. see. The issue is with the captain's challenge. The issue yeah. is not with his use of it. Bloody oath, you're going to use that in dying moments to win you a game. You know, do you know what I'm, if you don't. Yeah, do you know what I'm more devo about? We, we will never get to see Richie McCaw and the finely crafted captain's challenges he would have come up with. You know what I mean? Like just... Yeah. yeah. Or, or Conrad, imagine Conrad Smith. He's a bloody lawyer. Just like, sir, uh, <laughs> this is how I want to frame this. Uh, just like, you're right. But it was all in the wording as well. The way they tried to say, uh, the way they got the referee to ask for the challenge, not like, you know, uh, was there foul play in the last breakdown? It was like, was he, did his hands go past the, the ball? It, it was all in the wording. I think you were yeah. bang on about that. Um, but you're right. For Akoi to have done it perfectly was amazing. So I mean, if they, if they looked at every breakdown, you know, in slow-mo and the TMO, then, you know, more than like 75% of them would be yeah. incorrect. It's just it, that's why we love the game uh, yeah, because... It. They'll change that rule. They'll absolutely change that rule. The other one um, <clears throat> that I had, my last one here, was just the <clears throat> Rebels-Brumbies game. All the things you can talk about that game. The biggest thing for me was far out, it was so physical. Mm. Like the, the, the physicality across Australian rugby right now is exceptional and the best I can ever remember seeing it. But this game, everyone was putting massive hits on everyone and none more so than the man I talked up last week again, Rob Ballatini. Mm. Oh, my God. He is so big and so dominant in contact. It's awesome. He's the best thing very... is that he knows it as well. Like he's yeah. like he's very aware. He, he's like he's the he's a self aware Terminator now. Uh, That's and I right. love that. He, he's learnt that he can absolutely hurt anyone he wants in the field if he wants to. Yeah, it's so good. good. Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll jump across to some of my my points. Mine's a bit more uniform. I'm not all over the shop like Harry there. Mine <laughs> is about the class of some of these standout tens. Just one position, Harry. That's all we're talking here. There's three that I want to bring up from the weekend. Right. The first yes. one is the class of um, Ben Donaldson. Do you want to say Ben Batgar? Oh, yeah. It's Batcher. Is it Batcher or Batgar? Because no. either way, I don't really care. Where are you now, mate? Because he all was talking or... junk about Ben Donaldson. Pre, Well, he wasn't talking junk. He was talking up Tane Edmund, who he didn't even start himself the week prior. But... He basically, for, for me, ben, ben Donaldson just had all this pressure heaped upon him prior to the game, and he handled it like an absolute champion. I really enjoyed how he took the ball to the line. He didn't sit as deep as we've seen Will Harrison do in, in previous weeks with those out those centers outside him and some of the threats outside him. I think that's how we really should be playing with those guys in 12 and 13. So I was quite excited to see that. One of them ended up being a try to Jack Maddox as he's taken the ball to the line and had that little offload out out the back of it. But look, I Can I ask you just on him, <clears throat> Will Harrison's uh, fit and healthy for starter Trans Tasman. How do you fit those guys into your team? Will Harrison starts. Yeah, look, I, I think Will at, Harrison. At what position? Will Harrison starts. And then what about Donaldson? He's yeah. got to be number twenty-two. 
They put him on 15. He came on at 15 heaps of times last year and looked really it's good. It's true. It is Just true. put him at 15. Maddox goes to mm. wing and Newsom King, get the fuck out. Oh, look. I'm actually left. We are all for that. But no, I, stop but playing he, people out of position, mate. Donaldson, he's a 10. Put him on the bench. He looks no, really good. But look, I mean, <clears throat> he, he, he's a different player. To Will Harrison, so yes, you can do horses for courses, but ne- never going to reach their potential if you're chopping and changing between them. Mm. Maybe the answer is that we do give him more of a chance at that 15 jersey. Maddox hasn't been performing there. We know he can kick. Boy, oh boy, he can kick. He kicked 100% of his kicks. One of them, that just beautiful rough goal from the sideline yeah, when that, he ran out of time. Oh, you talk that. talk about handling the pressure. That's that's the best mm. example of that, isn't that, it? That was so good. And he, and he threw a, few, a couple offloads, made 19 tackles. Awesome. So but jumping huge for a yeah, 10. Huge. Jumping across to Domingo Miotti, the uh, Argentinian, Argentine uh, 10, who's uh, technically the third choice 10 for the, the force. That is <laughs> not a technicality. You just made that up. No, he's been their third choice this year. He's clearly their first choice 10. He should have been their first choice, Definitely. but they put two other 10s before him and waited until they crumbled. Right. The second he signed, John and Lance went, he's their first choice 10. <laughs> Surely. But look, uh, for, for me, he's he's not a, a runner that takes the ball to the line as much as I probably thought he did early on when we first saw him, That's but he's, he's just a class 10. He's, uh, his ability to slot and choice to slot that drop goal um, that composure that he he can you know control the game with. No, it wasn't a hard kick to finish off the game, but I, I just think his his kicks around the field, everything just showed composure for me. For a, I think a you're right. That's that's team. it. He's class, right? Like you, we know he has those attacking skills and prowess, mm. but he's just playing kind of like a test uh, test ten, you know, like yep. we, which is what I mean, the force need. Yeah, I mean, look, I had been saying put me on because we want attack at all costs, like just because they had no attack. But he actually is striking a really good balance, I think. So I, I think we're going a little long in tooth. I'll go my last one. Mm. Damien missed the clutch McKenzie. He kicked a penalty from the 78th minute to sneak a win past the Crusaders this week. Week before against the Highlanders, in the 86th minute, he did the same. He, he uh, kicked a penalty. Correct. Yep. And then the week before that, your segment, he's, he scored a try and converted it at the back end of the game to beat the Blues by three. That's three games on the trot that he has done it in the final moments to win the game for his side. No, man, that just means he's a goal kicker. That's all you're telling me. No, one of them was a they're try and convert. They're making small margins. He's a goal kicker. One of them was a try that he converted yeah. himself in the final play. He's an outside back. That's what you're telling me. He's an outside back that kicks goals. So he scores tries and he kick, kicks points yeah. when does he needs to. Does that make him that clutch? I don't know. None of them are being crazy hard kicks. So wait, wait. So a goal kicker that kicks penalties, especially when they're hard, he can't Look, be clutch. We all know he's been Mr. Clutch. As I said, Harry. we attribute 90% of the Chiefs' victories Harry, to him. Or... Damien McKenzie's dead for me. Now he's not in my fantasy <laughs> team. He's dead to me. doesn't exist. Right, he, he carried me to three Very good. All right. And he was the last He's carrying life. me now. Craig's... You guys are right. Our main points, we've gone on a lot. So I'm in a rapid fire through mine. Mine was just a few players that really excited me on the weekend, but they either excite or have excited me. Tom Wright, real simple one. Uh, obviously, it's easy to forget about his electric year last year that kind of propelled him into the Wallaby starting winger position. Yes, he hasn't really had that many opportunities to light it up yet. He's only been back two games from injury. But just that uh, that try he scored on the weekend, burning down the sideline 60 metres, uh, leaving Frank Lamani for dead, I think just showed, just reminded everyone of his pace again. You know what I mean? That's someone we, we need with just out-and-out pace. Like Lamani, the last few weeks we've seen... 
he is certainly not slow. So that was good from Tom Wright. Excited from him, for him. I, I uh, can't remember where how he featured in the Wallabies discussion last week on the pod, but uh, was he the starting winger? Yeah, right. Yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Very good. Campbell Magnate, the big man. Can we call, can we reclaim the big souls from uh, from Tom Robbo and just claim it on Campbell Magnate? Yeah. I don't know. We, we I think Campbell Magnate something different, mate. We can come up with something different. So he is the biggest of the sources. Um, but he's been playing. He came back. He played 12 for the Rebels. He's 6'5", over 100 kegs in, as in, in a centre. I personally think he's an outside centre, but I think he had a really good game, um, both defensively. Sorry, say again? Especially that second half. I agree. He was awesome. Yeah, um, I actually was loving. Really wanted to see him at uh, outside center this week, so he could be up against Parisi. That'd be an awesome matchup. But um, now he was really good. He doesn't have the best acceleration, and maybe I'm not sure his lateral movement, whatever. But if he gets a bit of a run up, I mean, he's really hard to stop, and he he's like a, a thoroughbred out in open space, mate. He gets a move on, um, he holding the ball in one hand. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So he was really he, he excited me. I want to see more from him. Um, Rory Scott, a, a player that kind kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we just have this plethora of back rowers now, but um, they referred it to the man as uh, as young Poey, um, and he kind of does. He looks very reminiscent of Poey. He doesn't quite have the quads. He's a little bit taller, but um, they call him young Poey because similar play style, and also apparently he is hitting the gym as hard. So it's a matter of time until he kind of fills out that frame. But he's a little bit taller, about the same weight class. Uh, but Good he record. Has anyone ever just thought about quads when they talk about Poey? Sure, it's just him strutting around with his shirt off with the world's biggest arms. Isn't that no, what you no, think no. of? Yeah, arms no, I, mean, I, I think Rory Scott's yeah. gonna like gonna fill out to like sort of Pococky size, but Way it, was taller, those, yeah. mate, it was those legs. It was those centaur legs that David Pocock had that meant you couldn't fucking move him when you go over the ball. Yeah, dude, that's true. But but um no, anyway, Rory Scott, really exciting. I really liked him. I'm sure Nelson was um was loving him. So Oh yeah. So he was good. Uh Speaking of back rowers, Will Harris um, didn't excite as much as Rory Scott, but I think he's really built into. Uh, he's played started at eight for the Tars the last few weeks. Um, certainly not having the kind of year that Harry Wilson had last year, but I think he's getting better and better and kind of um, a little bit more of a silent achiever. Just getting through mountains of work, lots of tackles, lots of carries. He's always present. I think you know he has like ninety something percent uh, tackle rate. He's been really really good, Will Harris. So. I'm excited. I mean, I know next year we have um, so Dempsey signed overseas. We've got uh, Raboni signed back that uh, get we're all very excited about. But um, I think it's really great to have that competition in the Tars back row. Let's, and yeah, let's let's not forget he is a year younger than um, Harry Wilson as well. So he's he's a young player and he's developing. So it's pretty exciting to see. Very good. And look, we've already talked about Parisi. And uh, look, I was surprised at this point. The only other player that really excited me. I can't believe that we've got 28 minutes into this podcast. And Lachlan Boshier has not been mentioned. Um, wow, he yeah, was a fantasy scorer from the New Zealand Conference, which we will get into shortly. But wowzers, what did you boys think of the man, the great man back? Oh, mate, he looks great in my team. Future All Blacks captain. You know, there's a spot vacant, isn't there? There's a spot vacant. Yeah, start him at seven, even when Kane comes back. Yeah, so Kane's done now. He doesn't have a chance to come back now. That's it. You think it's all over? Yeah. Well, do you pick the guy that's there just because he's older and been around for longer? We're not starting this combo again for two years in a row. But no, look, Nelson has been that keen after missing picking up uh, Boshier in the initial drafts that he had both the Boshiers in his team the last few weeks just to make sure that someone was playing for him that was named (laughs) Boshier. Well done, Nelson. Very good. All right, who wants to take us through the fantasy points? I've been, I've gone through my guys' excited me on the weekend. One of you, fantasy points, please. 
Yep, fantasy man of the week was the man that Nelson shadowed over, Faleti Kaitu'u, <laughs> 68 points with a try, 65 metres from one illegal carry and three legal carries, <laughs> one line break, 11 out of 13 tackles, a turnover, 13 from 13 lineouts as well. Uncontested. Like <laughs> to mention, you got Angus Bell on 63 points. That's more like the Bell that we know from a fantasy perspective. Oh, yeah. Just huge run meters. And Harry, how much do you enjoy this next one that's worth a mention? Alex Newsom, 60 points. That literally wasn't entered in my competition's date data. And then last minute sprung it on me. And then that cost me the round. So far out. The worst player in the world has defeated me in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Lachlan Beauchere, 58 points. We've talked enough about him. He is excellent. The super sub for the week, I mean, it was always going to be this bloke, wasn't it? Cody Taylor off the bench, 50 points in 33 minutes. That's a bit lower than I would have expected. He only scored one and a half points a minute. And then you had the Captain Mud Awards, a.k.a. the Rob Simmons Award. And hey, he's, wait, wait, he's, wait, wait. he's whose name we do not say, whatever it is. <laughs> hey, you put it in the notes. I just read what's on the telephone. Who did that? That's a rookie I just read what's on the telephone. I thought you were better than that. <laughs> no. Yeah, all right, man. Uh, it was Sean Wainui, minus six points. And uh, shout out to my winger, who is meant to be the game breaker, Sever Reese, <laughs> minus three points. So thanks, you know, thanks, champ. All you had to do to get the win was Drop Severese, pick up Newsom. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad, yeah. sad day, isn't it? Um, very no, good. All right. Good. Well, I just want to point out that the top three point scores were all Aussie. Just need that to be said because it doesn't happen often. Yeah. <laughs> last week it was like the eight or six. something, wasn't it? Top six Kiwis. Excellent. For the main course. Draft Rugby Round 9, you've got Super Rugby AU Round 10 and Aotearoa Round 9. So in the AU competition, you've got the Brumbies on a bye this week, which takes us to the first game. The West End Force and the Sea of Blue taking on the undefeated Queensland Reds. Nelson, who's your competition? Who are we likening in this matchup to this week? No one, mate. No one. I'm miles ahead. You're not playing anyone? No, I'm just miles ahead. Right, okay, you've ruined this. Uh, new injuries in this one. you got Jock Campbell, who has a groin niggle and won't be playing this week. Versus Nabung. Okay, so Nabung is the Western Force, and you're claiming the Queensland Red status on this one. Uh, returning, we've got Tony Pulu back from an ankle injury. Uh, Rob Kearney coming back from his groin injury, only just missed out last week, so good to see he's fully fit. And Hunter Paisami back from his calf injury, an absolute massive in for the Queensland Reds. Mm-hmm. Last time they played, the Reds got up 26 to 19, but it was a lot closer game than we expected. I remember this yep. one really being a really hard fought battle, and I thought the Force were very impressive. Uh, I don't think the Force probably looked quite as polished in the back half of the season, but guys, what do you think of the main points in this one? Yeah, I think we talked up, uh, you know, previewing that game, we probably were talking along the lines of a, a Crusaders like thing of um, Reds by how much. Um, and it did, certainly didn't turn out that way. I think remembering that game, the thing that impressed me the most was the Force's uh, forward pack really stepping up, particularly in the scrum. So you'll notice in this game, the Force have brought back uh, Greg Holmes into the starting lineup at Tighthead. And that's because uh, the Force scrum absolutely took it to the Reds last um, the last time they played. I think it was either even or I would say the Force had the better of them um, at the end of the scrum battle. So that Can was a good question. And I mean this genuinely, like very seriously. Can he still play for the Wallabies? Like off the bench, he is so good at the scrum. He just demolishes everyone at the moment. He is. Every time I, I, he's on the field, they dominate. Who are you dropping, mate? Alan Alatoa or Tanya Alan. Latuta? 
No I'm starting Tupo and I'm playing him for 20 minutes at the end of the game because he is so incredibly dominant in the scrum. Nah. All right, now 20 minutes. Like, what I, else do you need? I was, nah. I was waiting for the crystal clear moment that illustrated that how Harry has had no sleep recently. Um, is it? And there it is. It's presented itself. He wants to start Greg Holmes over Alan Altoa. Um, on form, do you disagree on form? I completely disagree. Yes. Alan Alatoa, mate. Uh, that's get on form. I said on form. Yes, yes, yes. He's so, done nothing wrong. Really so Alan Alatoa, who's been well. red carded and barely played, and since then the Brumby scrum has not been very dominant at all. You're going to play over Greg Holmes, who every single time he's been on the field has been incredibly dominant. We need to like record a clip of this and play it back to Harry. Uh, It's, you know, it's maybe next week or maybe midday when he's, you know, had some rest. I don't know, but um, Harry, that's ridiculous. Uh, Moving on from that. um, Yeah. The the four, look, I was talking about the force uh, in terms of players. The Western force players uh, fans are so disappointed because, you know, their players just aren't getting a fair looking people (laughs) like you. He's old. He'll break. Yeah. Just let the man, let the man get 200 super rugby caps so he can retire on a high, okay? Um, the, the force. Anyway, they brought back Tony Pulu. I think that's very well-timed because they were like, hold on, the Reds are probably going to start Dunguna this week. We need someone that might have half a chance of catching him at some point. So instead of having uh, Richard Kahui or uh, Marcel Braki, God forbid, on the wing marking up against Dunguna, uh, Tony Pulu, I think, is uh, you know certainly a much better shout and better chance of that. Um, Look, Harry and I don't necessarily agree with you. Look, down. Um, Please explain. Used to be the fastest man in Australian rugby. That mm. was on New Prior Zealand. To coming. New Zealand rugby, sorry. Yeah. And that was like what 2015 Which, or something. Are you, are you trying to? Are you trying to say that if you, he was the fastest man in New Zealand rugby, and that didn't automatically make him the fastest man in Australian rugby as well? Because he's it, come it, here. It, well, automatically, make, yes. I don't mm. think it does make that. That that's but a big assumption. But he's come here, and he's top speed. He's reached in the last four years. Is like a slow getting up off the. Greg bench. Holmes could play on the wing over Tony. Pulley. <laughs> okay, all right, mate. I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take a, uh, a Tony Puller with three knee constructions over bloody uh, Richard Kahui or Marcel Baraki in, in running the hundred, mate. Okay, um, you can't lose that much speed. Okay, but anyway, uh, I was just saying, quick, mate. Kahui yeah. looks quick. You keep ragging on Kahui. Did you watch? Look at that bloke in the change rooms after the game. Oh, mate, I will absolute say, specimen. They, they, on Rugby Heaven, they did show Kahui belting out the, uh, the the song post-match. And, I mean, look, I'm surprised he hasn't really taken up a modelling career. Do you, know, do you know who they didn't show? He's 37 and he has a rig, that's for sure. Do you know who they didn't show? Pulu, because that guy does not play rugby anymore. He hasn't for years, mate. <laughs> no, they did actually use an attraction. <laughs> there you go. Very good. All right, back to the rugby. Uh, the Western Force, um, Carney back. Uh, do we like it? What do we... I, I mean, obviously, it's a cool composed head. Um, we've talked about attacking at all costs, um, but I don't know. I mean, I think Carney certainly will bring some of that, um, yeah, just calmness to the team when the, the going gets tough, you know, that McGregor can't. But uh, what do we think? McGregor versus Carney, what, how, what do you think of it? McGregor was way better. And if you watch the footage of Carney in the first couple of games, he was anything but cool, calm, collected. Yeah. If anything, he was continually losing his cool when the team was losing. Yeah, and he, he was yelling at his team. Like, I, I didn't see him as a real influential leader. He talked a lot, but I thought there was a lot of negativity you know, from his side, almost like he's going, why am I here? And repetitively saying that to his teammates on the field. <laughs> but but right, McGregor, 
Similarly to, to replaying Harry footage of saying Greg Holmes should start after Alan Artoa, I'm going to replay footage of Nelson saying that um, Carney was yelling at his team uh, as if that's not something that Nelson does when he's bloody captaining rugby. Never negatively, mate. Entire Never negatively. team outside him. And mainly Nelson screaming, give me the ball because he's yes, been... Yes, I say that. Game, but fair. also screaming at them about everything else. Um, but it's good to see you guys have just completely disillusioned. But anyway, uh, the force team... Look, Let's talk about a man who has certainly been hard done by, I think, I think we'll all agree on this one, but Fergus Lee Warner. Um, it's pretty rough putting him to the bench, I think. Look, certainly um, Thrush and Tamani have been great, but um, I would think if the, even if they really want to give Tim Anstey a go at six, and I agree, you probably can't play, you can't fit Fergus Lee Warner and Tim Anstey in the back row together. Um, but one of them should play lock then. You know what I mean? Have Thrush or Tamani... Uh, one of them starting, one of them on the bench, and then put yep. Fergus Lee in as, as the other lock. He's played more more of his career at lock, I think, than six for the four yep. so far. Um, but I think he's certainly hard done by just because Anstey got the, the Wallabies call up and then he's been um, given all the game time. So don't be wrong, love Anstey, but what do you guys think about that? Look, I, I, I my preference would probably be old man Thrush and old man Tamani get to share their time. They get 40 minutes each, so they can just throw 100% at it. Um, and, well, to be and, honest, uh, to be honest, you, st- <clears throat> you start to money, and when he gets tired, you put thrush on. Okay, they don't even need to share time. You start to money. Look, I mean, Harry's just brought <laughs> up a pretty great thing here. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So you know, you talked about Fergus Lee Warner at lock, and we were wondering if he was a little bit too small in some of our past conversations. He's literally the exact same height as Jeremy Thrush. <laughs> They're both a meter ninety-eight tall. So I one hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Fergus Lee Warner should be starting over Thrush. I think Tamani's been probably the dominant physical presence that they need. And Thrush, as an experienced head, should come close the game out when the game slows down a little bit and and there's a little bit more space. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Fergus Lee Warner was their best forward last year and has been one of their best forwards again this year. The craziness that is this hype train that is... General, so generally in social media at the moment, Tim Ince has been one of the nominations for the Rugby Australian <laughs> Super Rugby Player of the Year. The blokes started like one game. It's literally all been just people tweet. And, and they were saying that uh, Fra- Fraser McWright isn't even on that list of, uh, yeah. of people you could vote I, for. MVP. How about we start a campaign, boy, boys? Let's just pick any player. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a big name, preferably not a big name, and we just start talking him up relentlessly on Twitter until we can get him on that nomination form. Oh, no. I, I reckon this, it's this actually been... worth a shout, and I reckon it'll work. This has been proven to me at uh, Waratahs games in the past few years. You know, they put up on the screen, they're like text in for man of the match. And it's literally whoever has the, whoever has the biggest family gets to man of the match. That's literally it how it matter. <laughs> but um, no, I think that's a good... Yeah. Paul good Parisi. Show. We could do Parisi, but he's, he's missed. He's already on the list. <laughs> he's missed half the year. But yeah, uh, I think, no, I think Ferguson Lee Warner definitely should be starting, rounding that out. And I think you're right. Thrush should come on. It's nice to have someone with a bit of niggle to round out the game and, Whilst I really don't want to compare him to uh, Luke Romano, he would kind of fit that Luke Romano role of coming on and just crunching people. You know, just putting that doubt in the other team's mind of, oh, crap, this guy's coming on the last 20 minutes to just annihilate me and I'm already tired. So, um, yeah, cool. I think we all agree for that one. All right, the force, before we get on to the Reds, the force, what what are the force got to do? to Like, what can they do? Um, I think certainly they're going to concentrate on winning up front, set pace. But what else? Are, what else can they do, guys? I think they've just got to score. Pray, more Harry. Pray. I think they've got to score more points. I don't think it's that complicated, Matt. No, cool. I, all right. I don't, well, that's all I we want to talk about with the force. So let's move <laughs> on to the Reds. Okay. Look, I think the Western Force line defense is really, really good. So I think the mm. Reds. No, you disagree. Like they've been exceptional all the way through in their line defense. They've been good. They're, they're not. I don't think they're. 
it close to being the best necessarily in Australian rugby at the moment. Okay. Just completely disagree. I think their rolling ball is very good. And I think their line defense has been really, really good as well. Their problem is how they defend in open play and phase play through the middle of the field where the Reds have a lot of attacking weapons. So that's the first one. I think their line out sucks as well. So I think that's a real opportunity for the Reds to attack off that platform. You'll start looking for players, like you said, Dungunu off the inside ball, off a line out or scrum or something like that as well. And I think that's probably where the real threat is. Um, on top of that, they need to find a way to score points. Nelson said rightly, they need to score more points than the Reds to win. Well, how the hell do they do that? Because that's I'm the not content really sure. To expect from our podcast, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of insights. <laughs> so Godwin's been good as a link man without breaking the line. Kurandrani again, he straightened up hard a few times last week, but again, not really breaking the line. I, I, what, what are they hoping for? Oliver Feller is their answer to try and win this game. Like I, I don't see how their back line scores a whole lot of points. Definitely not more than the Reds. So to mean that me, that means that you're looking for spark from Anstey or maybe Katu Nelson's player, favorite player. <laughs> um, maybe like a Tamani has to actually barge over the line from close, but I don't know. Their forwards are going to have to have an almighty shift to win this game, I think. And look, uh, one of my, my points was, I think Kurandrani's really let them down last week, the last couple of weeks. Also, I think he let them down defensively on the weekend. I don't think he was very good. He made five from seven attempts, but he just didn't really seem to be much of a threat with the ball, without the ball as well. Everyone's saying the opposite to you, mate. They said how well he played. Oh, I think it's rubbish. They were talking about him as potentially the man of the match. He was shit. What no, did he last do? Last week, he had a great game, but that is also... This week? That's, that's also in comparison to all these other games, which he was awful in. So. Mate, he made a couple... He made a couple... He can either make a couple um, tackle busts or he can make a couple tackles. He cannot do both of them. That's, that's so what he's saying. you're saying he's Rugby Australia's man of the year? <laughs> yeah, probably. Very good. Well, let's move on to the Reds. Uh, the Reds know Suliasi Vunivalu, Wallabies starting winger and World Rugby Player of the Year 2022. Heard it here first. Um, and, uh, or Jock Campbell. Uh, none, neither of them for the Reds. I think Jock Campbell is often kind of overlooked. Like his contribution is often overlooked because they have such a flashy uh, backline full of lots of talent. So I think they'll certainly miss him. Um not as much on the wing, like he's been playing on the wing the last few weeks, but uh, at fullback, he really um, he really contributes a lot. But uh, yeah, what do we think? Um, Dan Gunu back, obviously, he's a gun. He's coming off the bench the last few weeks. He has uh, been immense, so he'll be very good. Um, the the reports are Dan Gunu's back after, you know, fixing or working on some of his issues, which apparently have been throwing the ball away. That's been what Thorne's come out and said, why is he earned himself back into that starting side? Oh, well, that's, that can only speak, be uh, be good for fantasy managers. If they say, if Brad Thorne said, never throw the ball away, always hold on to it. Then so you're telling me Brad Thorne's rationale for dropping Dungunu was benching him because he throws the ball away, but in the same time, he's starting Geordie Pattaya over him. Yeah, <laughs> that is wild. Who has been the worst player in the competition for throwing the ball away. Yeah, 100%. But, but, but Geordie Pattaya has the most potential of any human Harry, being. Harry, that, that's not my logic. That was Thorne's logic. Oh, I'm not taking it out <laughs> on you. I just think Thorne is just... All right, but to, yeah. to round that point out, honestly, for fantasy managers, that's great news because Dan Gunu will probably look like you're playing like a rugby O3 game or something where he'll just turn around and run backwards and forwards and then just, you know, run the whole field. So that'd be really good. Um, Liam Wright, that's the other big one in this game. Uh, I think, look, I think they're going for the knockout blow. Liam Wright back starting, Angus Scott Young. They're like, he's been really, really good. We don't want to lose him. You know what? Let's just slot him into lock then. Uh, why not? We, we probably... 
They just don't have anyone that has nailed down that second lock jersey, to be honest. And look, the, the big thing for me is they're just using this as building for the grand final. They're not playing in the second, third game. They just had a bye. They're going to have another bye next week. So they may as well use this as a dress rehearsal for the final. So that's, that's how they're going to run it out. Um, look, I think they're going to win. Handsomely. I just think it's, 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 it's too much power in the back line. I think they're going to match up. Up front, they're going to match up. The force have to be pretty incredible to get the better of them there again. Um, Greg Holmes, Taniela Tupo, who's going to come out? Top dog. Mate, dumb. Just such a just, dumb thing to say. Harry, mate. I disagree. All right. He's in. this one. Reds by how much, lads? Harry, you can go first, mate. 14. Reds by 14. Cool. All right. How many points is Greg Holmes going to score, mate? Zero, but yeah, one good. in my heart. Okay. Nels, uh, Reds by 18. Oh, we've gone big, boys. Jesus. Last game was only five. I don't care, mate. All right, Reds by 20. Just uh, to actually <laughs> um, Yeah, big one here uh, at home in in, in, in uh, Western Australia just to truly shut up those Force fans. Uh, jokes, we love to see it. Blue. The Waratahs versus the Rebels. Uh, new injuries in this one. You had Tommy Horton with his hammy injury. Uh, Trevor Hosea has a suspension for a couple of weeks as well after being cited late. And I was going to give us the details on that one. Uh, I, I forget. That was good. You threw it at him. Uh, it was it was in a ruck, some dangerous play. So. Yeah, was it was it a shoulder? Was it a shoulder to the head or something like that? Oh, well, actually, I do remember that. Didn't they refer that and then it was fine? And now it's been cited. Yeah, I don't remember. Either way, it was a couple of weeks. Very good. Um, Rebels won this one, thirty-three to fourteen last time. Uh, what do we think? Uh, Parisi versus the Melbourne Rebels. Um, oh, look, I, I that's the first point. Parisi is going to get probably double-digit tackle busts, and they're going to be against Illy, every single one. He's going to bump Illy. Illy's going to go so far back that he's going to have to run into him again, and he's going to bump him back again, and he's going to bump him multiple times in one face. It's the first time it's ever happened. Just watch for it. It's going to happen. I, I agree. Uh, he's going to come back for him to bump him again. You know what I mean? Like just before the try line, he'll come back from him. Um, for me, this is very simple. Waratah's game plan should be as follows. A, play it in the other half. B, give the ball to Angus Bell or Isaiah Parisi. Rinse and repeat. Very simple. Win game. What about Lolico Fichetti, man? He's been really yeah. good. Why Fichetti's are you great, mate, Just because he's in your fantasy team, Harry. He, look, is he as good as Greg Holmes? Is he going to push for the Wallabies 12 jersey now, mate? Look, no, he's not. Okay? I, I, I think that 9, 10, 12, 13 could actually just be very dangerous if they work together. <laughs> like they're, they're all actually threats. And I, I, as I said, I really like Donaldson I didn't, taking that I didn't ball see, through that line. I didn't see when you put the sky blue glasses on, but they are firmly on now, which is good. So Mate, um, I'm wearing it all over me. I don't know. And it's in the background. So um, look, I, I actually think that 12-13 combo for the Tars is a very good combo. And with more game time together, it's going to be great. But I, as I said, They've got Gordon, who who's a real, real threat. They've got Donaldson, who is an unknown figure for the most part against most of these teams and has decided he wants to take that ball to the line. Even if he's not breaking the line himself, which he was really posing that threat, he's got guys around him that all he needs to do is suck a defender or two, and he's got the pass to put him in space, and they've got the ability to to beat these defenders. So I think it's it's a really promising thing for the Tars moving forward. Very good. All right. Um, territory game. It's going to be a massive one. I think we know the Rebels game plan is always to, uh, you know, win the territory battle yeah. and then just keep uh, scoreboard pressure ticking. Tamu has been kicking all of his goals. He's been very good. 
So I, I think the Tars, <clears throat> if they're going to win this game, it's going to require a really good kicking effort from Ram, Maddox and Donaldson. Uh, they have not been doing particularly well in that, um, in that regard. But uh, anything else the Tars need to do? I mean, I don't, I don't think we'll see much uh, change of, of cattle, but uh, as we've said, yeah, we won't. give the ball to Bell, Parisi, uh, and Jake Gordon maybe to, you know, well, Jake I mean, obviously been massive the last few weeks. Last time these guys played, we <clears> played, we said the Rebels have absolutely no attack, and then all of a sudden the Rebels had fantastic attack against the Waratahs. <laughs> I don't think that the Waratahs look quite as vulnerable now as what they did. They've definitely plugged the holes in defence a lot more than what they did in the last matchup. So honestly, this is a, I reckon potentially, and watch me jinx the game right here. This is potentially the best matchup in the entire comp for the Tars here because we actually have a bit of punch in our attacking back one right now. We've got a lot of, yeah, a lot of starch in D. We can get a lot of go forward out of HJH and Bell and Will Harris and the like. And I said a like, but I think that's about it. Um, maybe Swinton. <laughs> no. And <laughs> yeah, other than that, I don't think the Rebels know how to score tries, as I've said before. And that you get the, yeah, okay, they could score it against us when every single one of our players looks completely confused, but we don't anymore. We're not crash hot, but I don't think we're going to concede anywhere near as many points as what we did last time when they scored 33 points. I don't think that we need to score more than 25 points to win. No, I mean, if you, if you look back at Rebels' recent games, we've got 20 points, 15 points. 19 points and and each of these are including you know multiple penalties so it's a try to do 10 points discipline from the tars will go a long way to win this game to be honest discipline will be huge yep yeah so yeah so swinton and parisi to lose the game for the tars (laughs) (laughs) no but it it is a it is a big thing for the tars and i think the crusade has been talking about something similar here you know the, the tars if they can be you know, strict around their breakdown stuff. They've been trying around their line-out malls and things and trying to prevent themselves from the, giving these penalties away. If they hold the ball, they're showing promise. Yeah. If they can play the ball down in that Rebels half, they've got starch in the defence, whether it be on their own line or, you know, at, at, when they're in good positions of the field, they really could control this game and have a lot of ball. But if they start to give away silly penalties the Rebels will just slowly work their way up that field and they'll kick every point on offer and it'll be too late for the Tars to come back and they'll show they don't have, is it the class to maybe to, to win these games when they start to things go against them? You know, they've, they've shown promise, but if things aren't going their way and the game's tied and they're getting points scored against them, they don't know how to stop it. That's it. Scoreboard pressure will be massive. So that's why the Rebels will, you can, you can bet your best dollar that the Rebels will be kicking every goal. I will think, um, and getting on to the Rebels, uh, back rows. Nels, I really like the look of this back row. I think it's their potentially their best back row with uh, Michael Wells, uh, Brad Wilkin, and Izzy Nisorani back starting. Um, Mate, I um, how good's that? Yeah, look, I, I, I'm I really really late rate Wilkin. I've thought he's uh, an awesome player for for a few years now. He's been quite unlucky with injuries, but I mean, for me, I, I'd be picking him as their seven if he's fit even though I do like Hardwick. Can I ask, is he an awesome player or is he just a good player with some potential? Because I don't think he's ever been consistently awesome, has he? I think he's actually been really disrupted with injury in the yes, last, the last that, 10, four years. That doesn't make you an awesome player, though. You've got to actually do something to be an awesome player. I, I think when he's had the chance, I think he's been really, really good. He just hasn't had enough time for everybody to clue onto it yet. Harry thinks you're too liberally using the word awesome. Well, he then he, Harry's about a year or two behind me with every single player I say this, and then he jumps on board. 
Man, I'm, I'm ahead of the game with Greg Holmes. All right, well, very good. How about um, Wells versus Kemeny? Uh, I mean, I kind of really have been enjoying Kemeny. I think he's been building, but I think Wells has been too good to not select. They they Um, both offer something pretty different. You know, Kemeny's been, as a defensive player on his own line, is second to none in terms of back rowers in, in Aussie Super Rugby at the moment. He just gets up and makes hit after hit. And, and does not move backwards when he's defending his line. I think it's been awesome. Yeah, no, I, I mean, he's made three or four five tackles. I'm in... going to write this stuff down. We're going to revisit it later. Greg Hunter. Like no, no. I, I, I'm actually maybe Josh one Kennedy person. Best defender in the country. You're, you're talking lots. No, no, not best defender in the country. In terms of on his own line, the effort he's making and how many tackles he's making has been immense. I've seen him make three, four contacts or tackles in a row on his own defensive line, get straight back to his feet and be ready for the next one. All right. Yep. So he has been good. I think he's been very good. But sorry, in answering my question, would you guys be picking Wells or Kemeny this week to start? Uh, I think I would pick Wells. Sorry, sorry, my mistake. I I would pick Kemeny because I think the physicality is probably a good thing for them. And then that way, when the game opens up a little bit, you've got the versatility of Wells. Um, But honestly, I think it's you could go either way on it. It's not a a call either way. I I think, yeah, I think Kemeny's a better player ball in hand and, you know, has more strings to his bow but Kemeny his defense on his own line as I said and defense around the ruck and mall and things uh, has been really really solid so just depends what you need all right speaking of some random stuff to happen in, for the rebels we've got uh Caboose Elof the big man uh starting at tight head so um he's traditionally he's been playing loose head the majority of the time and I've often talked up I've really enjoyed that front row that enormous front row of mm. Elof Ulysses and uh Pone what who you know they're all about six foot bloody four or something and enormous. Um, but no, Elof he swapped over to tight head last week um, uh, with the return of a player Harry uh, very much enjoyed is uh, Cameron Orr. Is he the best loose head in the country? Would you for your Wallabies, Harry? Would you start Cameron Orr and uh, Greg Holmes? Is that your starting uh, your starting props for the um, the Wallabies, mate? I know you're taking the piss, and no, I wouldn't. But I do think Cameron Orr had a fantastic year last year. Um, so I can see why they were tempted to bring him back in. I thought he was excellent off the bench last week. So I, I'm also, yeah, I'm also in all camp. I think he's he's a very, very talented prop. Again, are you in or out? Sorry, are you in or out? Nice, uh, I'm in. Uh, yeah, Dominant Scrummager, uh, who I, I think has gotten better and better in that in that facet of his game, and he's mobile as well. So he's another one of those props that is, is good around the park. Very good. Yep. So I think, yeah, Pony, he came off injured about maybe 30 minutes in to last week. He's now on the bench for the Rebels. So I think it's just, you know, they're kind of sharing time around a a bit. They'll see how he goes with it. Yeah. Give him a bit of a break. Exactly. Um, And sorry, I said random things for the Rebels. Random things for the Rebels. George Worth on the bench. Uh, For a potential debut. For a potential debut. The 24-year-old from England from the Leicester Tigers. He's a utility back. Yeah, fullback mainly. Uh, he's, he's, he plays centre and fullback. So yeah. he's played both for the Tigers. And I guess <clears throat> my way of looking at this is both teams here, the Tars and uh, Rebels, have gone for the 6-2 six, uh, the the bench, um, which, you know, clearly their intentions is to win this up front and be very physical. Um, and perhaps now with, you know, the likes of Reese Hodge gone and whatnot, um, they were thinking that uh, Lewis Holland isn't enough to cover, you know, centers and wing on the bench or whatever, where, I mean, he's the bloody sevens player, but they've brought in 
uh, another true utility back who can play anywhere. So I think this is a very interesting decision. Um, just kind of sprung out of the blue. I, I mean, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen any footage of George Worth playing, so I can't uh, evaluate his worth. But um, what do you guys think? Look, I, I think the notion of an interesting decision suggests that you have options. He's on loan from the Leicester Tigers. I don't think they have any centres in the, in the state anymore. So I genuinely reckon that they have no outside backs, so they're just looking to bring someone in. They, um, just have, they had to bring what someone in. What about Lewis Holland? What's wrong with, what's, I mean, I, I would like to I, see I, Holland's well. I, I reckon he's I've got no doubt that he's injured because there's no way that Lily Holland, after the impact that he's had, is now getting dropped out of the 23 for an English 24-year-old on a loan. He's not even starting with them. It's his third loan as well at a different club. It's not happening. Like, it's just... I I agree. Good. That's I thought it was a bit crazy as well, so I'm glad to hear. The one interesting thing that they do have on the bench is Carter Gordon. Hopefully, we just get to see a little bit of him. It's it's only going to be a snippet. I don't think it's going to be a, a lot of game time. But just to see, is he confident and comfortable at this level? Um, you know, he's coming up against the Tars. This is probably the game you'll ease him in, you know, rather than against the Reds or the Brumbies or someone like that. So it'll I be mean, good to see him get some time. We'll only see him get time if, if the, the Rebels get out in front. You know what I mean? If it's a close game, we're to run for the 80. But, um, uh, which, well, they don't score points. That's not going to happen. Hmm. That's true. Um, the Rebels, they're playing for a finals place. They need the Reds to win and buy something amount or whatever. I don't know the calculations. I haven't watched the whole of rugby heaven yet. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we've said the Rebels find it difficult to score points. This game will literally be about the Tars discipline. Who wants to win it more? Do the Tars want to win one game this season or do they want to forever have that record of not having won a game in the season? Uh, I would think that's pretty bloody big motivation to get a win this week. Look, um, I'm, I'm going to jump out to, to what I think is going to go on please. here. Yeah. And look, I, I really think it's one of two. If it's going to be tight the whole way and the Tars are going to have to claw it back, things like that, it's not going to go their way. And I think that they'll manage to lose that in tight. But I, I just think the Tars have to get the win. For the last few weeks, things have been really solidly building for them. They know this is their last chance. I think the Tars are going to edge this one here. And it's purely okay. going to be because cool. they're going to score some tries and the Rebels will struggle to score tries. All right. Rebels, the score? I'm going to say, well, the Waratahs are by five. Wow. Big. It's a try, mate. It's a fucking try. <laughs> when I when I listen to us talk, I'm very convinced that the Waratahs can win. And then I remember... They're the Waratahs. They're the Waratahs of 2021. Let's not forget that the Rebels are actually playing to play finals footy. Wessels is really arguably having the team play to keep his career alive with the Melbourne Rebels. But it's only on the line because he's been pretty shit. Yeah, but that's that, why the Tars have a chance. Mate, all yeah, right, all right. We've spoken enough about this game. I'm telling you, Harry, what's the score? What's going to happen? Rebels by three points, two points, two. That's probably fair, but I'm going to go Tars by five. I, I want to Rebels, be by, Rebels by five uh, and we shall move on. Done. Um, from that. Let's jump straight into a Super Rugby Outer Rower. Yes, let's do it. Super Rugby Outer Rower round nine. We've got two weeks left of that. The bye for the Highlanders this week. And the first game we have the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, the Chefs. Uh, as we've talked about four games in a row. You know, I've been rugby heaven. They were saying the form team in New Zealand at the moment. Mate, look. 
there's there's a lot to like about the Chiefs here. There's a couple of things that are, you know, going to mix this game up a little bit. Artie Sevilla, he's out with his MCL injury. Luke Jacobson, he's out. Harry's very, very upset. My two loose forwards, <laughs> far out. Harry's God, very upset. <laughs> Luke Jacobson woke up, you know, a little bit groggy, probably having too many beers the night before. But because of his concussion history, he's played 80 minutes for six matches now, six of six for, for the Chiefs. So he was going to get a rest either this week or next week. So this is the week it is because he's woke up a little bit groggy and that's fair enough. I agree. Harry, just drop him from your fantasy side this week, mate. I think that's a good call. Yeah, he'll never play again. And then uh, Sean Wyanui, he's also got an illness, which, I mean, I I don't think he was going to be starting anyway. Um, Last time these two teams came up against each other, the Chiefs, they got their win 35-29. I think this is the one that started the ball rolling for them. They're they're four in a row. you know how we know that the Chiefs are going to win because the Hurricanes can't even beat the Crusaders and everyone does that these days. The Hurricanes are, are struggling. The Hurricanes are no longer in contention for, for a playoff. So they've, yeah. they've made a couple changes with their side. They're more of a small breeze at the moment. Um, yeah, nice. A willy-willy, like we like to call them in Australia. Um, yeah, no, with Artie's sideline, um, we finally got a chance. We, we've talked about Captain Mud. This is Captain Grub. Dane Coles looks like he's going to be their captain this week. Captain Grub. Mate, you're a better Cole, Captain Grub? Yeah, the thing for me is Cole signing for another two years. Mate, he's, he's 34 turning 35 captain. this year. In, in, two, in 2023, he'll be turning 37. If you are. How will the Hurricane find him for another two years? It makes no sense. They have a Safa Amua. I don't think. What are they doing? It's probably not that big money. Yeah, but still, I mean, shouldn't he should cash in right now and live on a beach in France, get paid an absolute fortune, and just be injured the entire time? That's what I I mean. If you're if you're a Safa Amour or Ricky Riccatelli, you go catch you later, and you go to the Highlanders. Ash Dixon's good, mate. Yeah, but he's he's also on his last leg, and he's not going to play till he's fifty. Like, or to be fair, a Safa Amour, you just hit Dan Cole's really hard at training because those old bones. you go play for the one of the for the Pacific team. That's true. Well, what 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 I've said every year is that Asafa Mua just needs to go to the Blues, and then the Blues will be unstoppable. But um, enough on that. The Canes, uh, Asafa Mua, he is off the bench this week. Talk about impact players. He could very well be our super sub. Talking about uh, he could be. The fantasy like, let's not get let's not get too excited. You know, Coles they like to give him lots of game time as well. Sadly, even though well, look, Cody able. Taylor got what do we say one point five points per minute coming off the bench. Last yeah. week, the Crusaders. Anna Safra Moore beat that. I'm calling two points per minute. Let's do it. I'm calling no. Um, look, <laughs> so they're no longer in the running for the finals. They've got no Sevilla. This is quite ugly for them. It could be quite ugly for them. Yeah, no Sevilla on the field. Yeah. They've, yeah, they've decided to make a couple changes. Scrafton's been subbed in for... Uh, Walker Leawary into the locks. Kirifi's in, you know, the card magnet in for, for Sevilla in his absence. And Ray Arce, he is back on the wing for the bus. So as you said, no Sevilla's on the field for 80 minutes. That is that is uh, tough for, for the Hurricanes. But Kagi, you're, you're really excited. Oh, I'm not as excited as you, mate. Um, Brandon Iosi, can you talk to us why you're so excited about him? He's just been hyped up. You know that I jump at any player that gets remotely hyped up. That was us hyping him up. But in New Zealand, mate, if any player gets remotely hyped, uh, I jump straight on that train. Um, and I've got a quote here from you. What yeah. I've seen 
he seems similar to Marino Michele Tutu. Kagi, what have you seen of him? Oh, in the in the minor ten cup, I forget which team he plays. You don't watch it. Uh, I do, mate. Actually, that's where, mate. Have you not noticed that my entire fantasy team is from New Zealand? Generally, yeah. headlines. Uh, mate. That's why I'm losing headlines. this year because I don't have enough Kiwis. That is literally why the only reason I'm losing. But no, anyway, I'm excited. He's. I felt like the Hurricanes have been lacking that presence since Victor Vito left. Yes, oh, obviously, that- Artie Sevilla plays the entire back row, all three positions, and he carries the entire team on his shoulders. But he needs that Victor Vito with him. Could Braden Iose? be that man. I don't know. But anyway, he's kind of a similar build, similar mold of player of Marino Michele too. And I think could be very exciting. So this is obviously him getting his first shot off the bench. He's very young and he's a player for the future, but I'm excited. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see. All right. Yeah. You're allowed to be excited, mate. Thank you. Um, so what do we think the Hurricanes have to do here to be able to challenge the Chiefs? Harry, do you have any answers for him? Uh, number one, Karifi needs to not get red carded or yellow carded like he does <laughs> most weeks. So that's probably the toughest ask for them. Yeah. Yep. Also, I think that Devin Flanders probably needs to have a blinder as a physical presence around the breakdown because I think they're going to lose a lot from the 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 makeup of their back row this week. So that's probably my <clears> biggest <throat> worry. Um, what else on top of that? I think Dane Coles is is going to have to have a huge game. I think rolling more trials will be big. I don't know if the Chiefs have. A, an impenetrable rolling mall D. So I think there's an opportunity there for someone as experienced as him. And look, the other thing is the the way that we see Ruben Love gel with his back line. <clears throat> and in particular, you know, we saw Salisi Rayasi so dominant to try and get his hands free and put people through the line. How is the team going to function with Ruben Love getting the ball to Salisi Rayasi and <clears throat> to the, a similar extent, Geordie Barrett, how are those guys going to actually get fed the ball to, to create enough space for the team to try and score some points? And another and as thing- I said, when, we, when Ruben Love played his first game starting, in his first three touches of the ball, he'd already exceeded Gar- uh, Jackson Garden Batship's entire career. So mm. I'm excited to see what Mate, Yeah, look, he's an exciting prospect. And look, I, I there's a there's a great player outside you in Nani Laumape if you just need to settle things. like I was going to say, yeah. Well, what better way, if you're under pressure, just give the ball to Laumape yeah. and then you just know that you'll get game line? Yeah, seriously. And, and, and he go, doesn't care if you throw him a hospital pass. He doesn't care. As long as you give yeah. him the ball, mate, you could you could close your eyes and throw it over your shoulder. It's, it's, a, reset. It. it's a reset it's button for you. There's you know? no like, such thing. No, it's not. It's better than that. No, no, it's, it's a reset Adeline. button. It's, it's automatic Adeline, It's though. a reset button. For pressure, like if you're pressured, you just go love up, mate. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it resets and yeah. there's no pressure. You know, like yeah. it just gives you time when there's, you need the time. There's no such thing as a hospital pass to Lamape because he's so dense and short <laughs> that literally, oh, like he puts his arms up and he's still more dense and less <laughs> no, open. Yeah, Harry, there else. is. It's just it's not how the hospital pass is generally thought of because if you give a hospital pass to Lamape, it's actually the other guy that's trying to tackle he's, him. That's he's going the to ambulance. Hospital. That's actually he's what's the happening. ambulance. He's you putting someone the hospital yeah. pass. He becomes that's the it. ambulance. No, they missed an opportunity there. Julian Zavia is the bus. They called him the minibus, mate. He should be called the ambulance. 100%. That's so much better. We're coining that. Honestly, if the ambulance turned his back and put his hands in the air and jumped, I still wouldn't want to hit him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. But look, let's, oh, let's jump over the Chiefs. This yeah. is now, we, we touched on it. They're four in a row. This is a confident Chiefs side. There's going to be some changes. So we'll call up coming in to that eight jersey. This is Peter his Gus. first chance starting at eight since last year when they had a winless, was it a winless yep. season? So, I mean, it's it's been a long road back for him. And he's only there because of an injury to Jacobson, who I think has been absolutely brilliant throughout this this year and every chance he is basically had. Mm. Do we think that dynamic, do we, I mean, we know Sewakula adds a lot in attack. 
He runs ball in hand. Do we think he does enough around the rest of the field to to negate a serious loss here? Well, it probably shouldn't matter because the oh, according to you guys, the best back rower in the world, Lachlan Boshir, is um, back in. The it doesn't season. matter. That's very fair. Yeah, if this happened a couple of weeks ago when his partner was Kane, oh, <laughs> troublesome, very uh, troublesome. Yeah, great. look, I, I think it depends on which Peter Gus we see. I think he's one of those loose forwards that can turn up and have a blinder or he can just have a bit of a work rate game, make a bunch of tackles or he can do absolutely nothing. So I hope that Peter Gus is chomping at the bit to make a name for himself this week because this is potentially his only chance. Yeah, seriously, he has to be chomping at the bit. I, I don't know if this chance... Oh, actually, sorry. This chance was going to come in this next two weeks. This is his chance now. If he doesn't take it, it's going to be a, a tough time for him. Well, yeah. it's interesting as well, though, because I think that they were still just trying to ease him back. I think that he's still kind of the preferred number eight. And what I mean yeah. by that is Luke Jacobson should be playing six. If I was choosing my starting Chiefs back row right now with an injured Sam Kane or both captain, right. I would be starting him. But I would have Jacobson. What about Jacobson, if you had a non-injured seven, Peter Gus at eight? Oh, look, I, I, I was going to say, what happens if you don't have an injured Sam Kane? What happens in that back three? But I don't oh, well, care. Then I just no, go... Well, yeah, then, exactly. well, then then I drop Peter Gus and I put Sam Kane. At, oh, actually, no, I would put Jagerson at eight then. Well, I put I put either Sam Kane or Jagerson at eight. Yeah, no, then you probably put Lachlan Boshier at a six. And um, Jagerson at eight. Wait, we're wearing you down. We're wearing you down. You yeah. just said that you'd move but, Sam Kane to eight. Another, no, another important thing I'd here. I'd pick Sam Kane before I pick Lachlan Boshier, to be clear. Okay. But... Lachlan Boshi, I would pick over Peter Gus. And because they have... Okay, okay we've talked enough about this. Okay. You haven't yeah, convinced me of shit. Sam Kane's still better. But let's move on. The Chiefs. Oh, cute. The cute. Um, so another important thing is DMAC shifting back to the 15 jersey, which means C-A-T-A-T-A back to the bench. Um, and we get Gatlin returning to that 10 jersey. Look, I, I think Gatlin actually did well against the Crusaders coming off the bench and offered a little bit of attack as well with ball in hand, beat a couple um, defenders. And I don't know what it is about him. I probably did expect a little bit more from him throughout the year, but I, I in terms of Gatlin, but DMAC last week, although he was very good at that 10 jersey, he didn't offer the same, you know, spice in attack. You know, I thought maybe if we give him a little bit more game time there, yes, it's something he can continue to build, but DMAC, he's got to be your 15. It's an interesting one because you, you, you'd love to have DMAC have a crack at a, uh, at a youngster, Ruben Love, lining up against him, right? You'd think he could find he some will. holes, right? He will. <laughs> at the yeah. same time, you kind of don't want DMAC at 10 when Lamarpe is sitting there at 12 ready to just annihilate him at, at any moment. The, the problem is not that. I reckon the problem is that DMAC feels the pressure to distribute at 10, whereas at 15, he feels the freedom to take the ball whenever he wants to yeah. and attack the line, which is where he's so good. That's... And, I, you know, I think that all of us, despite, you know, being relatively impressed with the other candidates at 10 this year for the Chiefs without being blown away, I think all of us kind of thought because they hadn't absolutely nailed it down, maybe it was a good idea to give DMAC a bit more of a run at 10. But mm. it, I think last week kind of just cemented home to me. He's a fullback. Look, Leave him there. <clears throat> I think... Caleb Trask and Bryn Gatlin both have an argument to try and hold down this 10 jersey. And I think both of them have been pretty good. Yeah, look, I think they've both been serviceable. DMAC, 
the one thing he can do before, like before he's a 10, as you said, he's got to offer that attack. He's got to be able to suck those defenders in and have the same mindset because that 10 and 15 are very similar, but it's like you flick a switch with him and his mindset completely changes in terms of how he plays the game. And look, I was very impressed with his kicking on the weekend and his composure with that sort of thing. But just, we just want to see him running ball in hand. Look, very good. I think my, uh, in, in rounding out this game, I just I yeah. think I've said often that I prefer Caleb Trask over um, Gatland, but I think we can all agree probably in this game they they picked Gatland for a little bit more structure, a bit more of a kicking game because uh, that's going to be a hard battle to win when you've got Geordie Barrett who will be uh, thumping them on the other end. So um, this game, what yeah. Do, yeah, how do we see it going? Look, I'll go first this time. I've, let's set you guys up the other the other time. I think the Chiefs will be too much in this game. Um, the forwards have really got it going and uh, the backs, I just, I think D-Max sliding back to 15. Um, I think they'll just have too much. They're just really on a roll and the Chiefs are a really massive momentum team. So I think it'll be too hard uh, for the Hurricanes, but who knows? Uh, so I'm going to say Chiefs by eight points. Oh, Harry? Uh, I'm just going to say my last point because I can't leave it go because every week I have to talk about Chase Tertia. <laughs> clearly, they don't see him as a winger because, man, he's quite clearly so damn good. I've got Jonah Lowe and I would rather they drop him and put Chase Tertia in. Seriously, though, why can't you try it? I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, just had to get that off my chest. I had to make sure I name drop him every week because I, I have him down the Super Rugby Artado as uh, player of the season. Um, he could but... be Super Rugby <laughs> AU. Can we get him in there? <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Well, Tips. I'm with you, Chiefs. Six points. Yeah, look, oh, Craig's. I really wanted to do eight points, yeah, but you've done it. I'm going to go seven, right down the middle of you. All right, good, love it. Okay, excellent. That's the worst choice, but all right. Um, okay, it's not. It's not closest. This, this next game is the battle for the bottom two, isn't it? <laughs> on form, at least. On kind of feels like it. Absolutely. The Crusaders and the Blues. I mean, can you? Can you contrast how we were talking up the Crusaders and the Blues first fixture this uh, a few yeah. just a few weeks ago? You know, we were like, "This is the game that we've been waiting for. The heavens have opened. This is the year last year's rematch that was washed out. Well, not washed out, a coveted out. Uh, and um, and it was a really good game last time. The, the first game, Blues and Crusaders, both the Blues and the Crusaders on top of their game. I think even going into that, we said is the Crusaders, and uh, at that point, we were saying put any test team in the world up against them and it'll still be a good night. We said a little bit of daylight in the blues and then there's a huge amount of daylight and everyone else in the, in super rugby Alta Roa. Um, yeah. It's how the tables have turned the, <laughs> both these teams in certainly low yeah. form. Look, the, the last time these, these two teams, like when you're talking about that matchup, it was won by the Crusaders 43, 27, which is a, a relatively convincing win. No, but that that blew out the very end. I think the scoreline was not very representative of the game. Uh, the Blues. Yeah, this is one of these games where the Blues they were in it until very very late in the game. Yeah, um, look, that's I, I think that's a fair point. But I mean, it, it is still you know what sixteen points yeah. um, that that did blow out a little bit. But look, the this puts two teams that are, are desperate for a win. And it sounds funny to talk about these two teams at the moment and say that they're desperate for a win, but they are both desperate. The Blues, I mean, the Blues need to get a win here to have a crack at the Chiefs next week to be in for the finals. Mm. Whereas the Crusaders, if they win this in their last matchup of the year, they confirm that they're going to have a home final. If they lose this, they've got a chance to to be playing either the Blues in Auckland or the the Chiefs um, away as well. So, uh, I mean, this is is important for, for both of the teams. There's a lot yeah. of pressure on them here. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing stopping the Chiefs from beating the Hurricanes this week and the Blues next week and finishing top. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's just, it's just insane, isn't it? Look, Harry, do you want to jump into some of the injuries and returnings? Yeah, Josh Goodhue uh, coming uh, has, has an injury, sorry, with his head knock. Tom Robinson, same thing as well for him. Big sauce. He had a big so, lot of claret coming down very like five minutes into the game. Yeah, that's right. But Akira surely coming back. So we'll, we'll get onto that in a little bit, I guess. Uh, returning, you got Sammy Whitelock coming back from a rest week. Um, and you got Cullen Grace also getting his run on back after a bit of a breather as well. Kurt Eklund finally, finally should be back. You know, he Hopefully. was meant to be back last week after his bye. Yeah, it was a three week yeah. ban. Yeah. It's been three games. Oh, true. So there's so, been four. Yeah. So they gave him an after... extra week just to rest up. He was obviously tired. Yeah, after that big suplex after, tackle. After the Sevu su- suplex. My, my expectation is Kurt Eklund signs for the Hurricanes as the fourth hooker there because <laughs> he's just not getting game time for the Blues. <laughs> very good. And look, Nels, I'm surprised you let this sail past. I chucked in the notes just because I thought it was very impressive. Sam Whitelock coming back. Mate, he's on a 41-point average in 2021. He has been killing it. Mate, he's, he's a weapon. I think I had him right up there in the, the, the locks for me. And he's just added, you know, uh, more to his game this year than I think he has in the last few years, to, to be honest. So um, it's been a, a really solid year for him. He's still the quiet achiever. Like, you don't notice him getting accumulating all these fantasy points. But I think he's, he's finally I, getting I've noticed him. I, I think year. the difference is this year you have noticed him. You know, okay. he's throwing an offload. He's doing a couple extra little things. He's he's getting a turnover. He can make a line break assist this year. Like, oh, man, he always, all of a sudden is a ball player. It's out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, makes like no he sense. he wants to stay in the All Blacks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. Very um, good. Yeah, look, I, Harry, you were touching on the the injuries for for the Blues, and I think let's jump straight across to the Blues in this one. I mean, they have a serious lock issue at the moment. So you've got no captain Patrick Tuipolotu, who remains sideline with his neck and, and shoulder issues. Um, so he's not going to be considered. Josh Goodhue, he's out, or most likely out. I think he's confirmed out with his head knock. Same with Tom Robinson. It means we've got um, Gerard Kelly Tuiotti, and we've got the young Sam Darry, who we've been quite impressed with, going in tandem again in, in this starting side. But who covers the bench spot? Is it Jacob Pierce? Because I don't know if we've seen him this year. You know, their, their lock, I, I don't know who else they have. So for me, I, I think it has to be Jacob Pierce. Um, but I mean, they're, they're really running loose, you know, R- running out of locks here. But um, look, they've dropped three of their last four matches, and this truly is a do-or-die match for them. So you'd really want some experience there, which, you know, they've lost from all these injuries. I suppose Cowley Tuioti is a relatively experienced player. He's been there for quite some time. But for the most part, you know, as that third lock, I'd say, for for many years. Mm. Um, but, I mean, also, big source, his absence. The last few weeks, he's been awesome. Kagi, does this mean we see your man return? Akira back to that six jersey? Mate, Akira played 75-odd minutes last week after the big souse copped yep. that um, head knock. Yes, it do- immediately we see the incumbent All Blacks number six uh, back mm. starting in what is always crazy and elusive to me in that why he is never not the first pick in that team. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer for me. The back row will clearly be Satutu, Akira and Dalton. I can't think of anything else it would possibly be. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, as to locks, I don't know what they do though. Um, I mean, uh, 
that, that's you've got your starters locked down. It's the same same as last week. Um, it's just that you know they're they're missing that that third option there. But look, another discussion to have there. I mean, it's been talked about a lot if we're paying attention to uh, a few of the journalists around. But potentially, we're going to either see the third captain for the year or co-captains. So we might get to see Rico and Papali'i as co-captains for this year, which would be uh, for, for this week, which would be good for both of them. I suppose you're having, you know, one in the backs camp, one in the forwards camp, and they, they can share that load, which is something you see a fair bit of when you've got those co-captains as well. Actually, I've decided what I'd do. I'd, um, I'd slot Hoskins to 2-2 into lock. Um, I would, uh, and then I'd just bring on Zahn Sullivan and um, put him on the field somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to get Zahn Sullivan on the field. There's so much to ask. Look, the, the, the big thing I think the Blues are going to need to do is they're giving away a lot of penalties. Last week, they had a red card. They had a yellow card. And all in all, they had 12 penalties. If is there was an orange black card, they would have had that as well. Is it Terry Black going to get his kicking game together? Again, Mate, it wasn't that atrocious good. two weeks ago. It was. Look, I, I mean, it's... <laughs> so what we're saying is you don't see them going to... They're not going to win this one. In all honesty, I think that this is the perfect game for the Crusaders to get their mojo back before the finals to then win the whole comp. Yeah. Look, for, for the Crusaders, they're waiting on a second scan for Joe Moody on his injured his, toe. The second um, biggest grub. Second biggest grub, but he's not Captain Grub. Grub too. He, um, he is the biggest grub for the record. Yeah, biggest grub? He's not Captain Bigger than Dan Coles? It's a comp. It's a pretty. It's a tough without competition. A, without a doubt. I don't know. He doesn't talk. In the grub charts. Team. It is a tough competition up there with Dan yeah. Coles and Joe Moody for sure. But look, he's most likely set to, to miss a couple of weeks. Lester Fanganuku, they think there's a good chance we're going to see him playing this weekend after his head knock. Um, assistant coach Andrew Goodman says they're hopeful that he'll be able to play this weekend. If he isn't cleared fit, who does that mean we see, boys? There's a few names we can throw out there. Matteelli, we saw him on the bench last week. Coming through school, we've seen him play a lot of 13, but he can also play on the wing. Sevu Reese. Had played a lot of 13, but we've also seen him play on the wing. These two, you know, we could move them around and and slot one in that 13 jersey. I, it's, I mean, it's very I'd love simple, to see. Mate. It's Sorry? extremely simple. We will see Dallas and McLeod play 12 and David Havili play 13 because mate, David Havili can play any position. You've, wait, I've just thrown out two very exciting names to play that jersey, but you've also got Isaiah Punavai, the rookie, and you've also got the old faithful Rennie Ranger boys. Uh, I, I can confirm. Look, I have been constantly and always on Rennie Ranger watch, and I can confirm that will not happen because he did ask for a release a few weeks ago when he realized he wasn't going to play. Uh, and he's actually, I forget where he's gone, but... Uh, he's probably he's, white bait fishing somewhere. He's, he'll get the call up and he'll turn up. I think he went He went over to Japan for a bit and then he's coming back to play for Northland again. I don't know. But I've on, I've been on Rennie Ranger Watch, don't you worry. He was going to be in my fantasy team if he was going to get on on the field. But um, oh, uh, we, We're going around here a lot, boys. We how, are. how do we see this one going? I mean, this is normally the game we talk so much about, but this this game's get this week's getting well, a bit long in tooth. When in doubt, I'm going to fall back to old habits. Uh, Crusaders by how mm. much? And uh, I'm going to say Crusaders are going to surprise us and they're going to win by 21 points in this one. Oh, wow. Sir. I was going to say surprise us. And I mean, you, you always go Crusaders. That's generally your, your tip. And also the home team one to 12. I'm going to go Crusaders are going to surprise us, but stick to those rules and say 12. Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, all right. I Bear in mind, we have said the Crusaders every week, the last three weeks, uh, 
and we've been wrong. They've won one of them. I don't rate the Blues this year. Hey, I reckon they were riding high off their confidence from last year. They're actually good. And as they've realised they suck, they've gotten worse and worse. It's, um, mate, it's the Bowden Barrett effect, mate. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't rate the Crusaders nearly as high as we've discussed before. Although they're still fucking excellent, mate. Just um, Richie Mawanga just needs to be like, oh, I'm going to play today. Mate, and you don't even know it. his name, so let's not talk him up. Mawanga. That's right. also bad. Yeah, Richie Mawanga and the Crusaders are going to win by ten points. I, uh, just to put this out there, I, I saw an article. I think it was today saying the Crusaders. This is from their staff. Haven't gotten worse. The rest of the Super Rugby Aotearoa has caught up. I say bullshit. Yeah, and if we look at some of the stats, they've actually said in the first four rounds, they had a plus 898 metre differential from the teams they were versing. You know, more than, you know, nearly double any other team. However, since that, in the last three games, where is it? They've got a minus 64 metre differential. They're tackling more than any other team, which you don't normally see. Because they're having to do the work. They're not having most of the possession and, you know, dominating whenever they have the possession. And the biggest other thing is that they had consistently scored a hell of a lot of points off scrums, which they no longer are. And they used to have larger kick meters. You know, like all these stats are significantly down for them. Why do you think they're not scoring as many plays off scrums? Sure, the loss of Kieran Reid and Fetu Douglas at the back of the scrum is massive over the last couple of years. Instead, they're trying to shift Cullen Grace to turn him into that number eight or Ethan Blackadder, and neither of them yet are that assured presence at the back of that scrum. Yeah, their front row is just as dominant. I just don't think that they're actually getting the dominant attack off that off that set piece. Yeah, I think it's fair. I'll be honest. I kind of tuned out when Nelson started talking through the stats there. But when when you said like eight hundred and something points, is it bad that I thought? Um, sorry, you said eight hundred something meters. I, I thought you were talking points. The points differential. I just assumed no. I was like Crusaders. Yeah, eight hundred points. Yeah, plus eight hundred ninety-eight meters <laughs> points, like meter differential. Sorry. Yeah, no, no I've got you. I've got you. Um, I mean, the difference was that a few teams did suck in Super Rugby Aotearoa last year, but that's not been the case. No, no, even year. in the first four rounds. I think. Look, all that, all that is really surprising. All the headlines should say is really the world is shocked that the Crusaders could ever have a bad game. Like the Crusaders lost basically because yeah. it's just going to take one game like this weekend for them to smash the blues and everyone go, no, nope, I take that back. I play against the spring box tomorrow and they'll probably win. Okay. So um, Boys, I'm, uh, Kagi, I'm full as a good mate. I don't think we need dessert today. Pilk, you're going to have to wait till next week. I think that sounds like a good idea. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again for the draft rugby show. And we will catch you in the next one. Hooroo. See ya.